This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello, and thanks for listening to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider visiting my website at josephscrimshaw.com. From there, you can sign up for my fan list, find out about upcoming shows, and look at a picture of me dressed as a squirrel. Plus, you can also buy my book, Comedy of Doom. People are saying things like, Comedy of Doom by Joseph Scrimshaw, a book that will get you laid and prevent you from dying. (laughs) And of course, Comedy of Doom? Jesus Christ! Holy fuck! You can also purchase my comedy album, Verbing the Noun. People are saying things like, Verbing the Noun made me feel strange, but also good. And, Also, I understand that most commercials rely on sex to sell things, so here are some sex noises. Oh, 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 oh my god. Okay, Okay, baby, I'm coming. All right, okay. Get off my hair! Okay, okay, okay. Hang on, hang on. I'm sorry. Thanks again, and enjoy Obsessed. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming to Obsessed, our Star Trek special. I am very excited to be talking about Star Trek. Uh, I have enjoyed Star Trek for a very long time. By applause, how many people here are fans of Star Trek? And by applause, does anyone just hate Star Trek? Excellent. I want to make sure no one was just like hate watching this podcast being recorded. Uh, So since I have an audience full of Star Trek fans, I just wanted to start with kind of hearing some things that I've always wanted to hear, which is a theater with a bunch of people in it yelling con. So on the count of three, could you all please yell con? One, two, three. Con! Excellent. So con seems like an obvious thing to have a group of Star Trek fans yell, so I also wanted you to yell a couple other things. On the count of three, well, not yell, uh, on the count of three, can you say Earl Grey hot in your best Picard impression? One, two, three. Earl <laughs> Excellent. A whole room full of Picard. You guys are doing really well. That was like a, a surprising amount of unison. So I'm going to give you the final and most difficult thing to say in unison. In your best Scottish Scotty accent, can you say in unison on the count of three, I've given her all she's got, Captain, and I cannot give her no more. (laughs) Has everybody got that? (laughs) Excellent. One, two, three. I've given her all she's got, Captain, and I cannot give her no more. Yay. It's just like listening to Scottish racism. That's amazing. All of that stereotyping in one room. That's awesome. Thank you guys uh, so much. We've got a a very full show full of exciting Star Trek stuff, so I'm going to bring my guests up right away. Our first guest is a human man from the planet Earth. He's a professor, a raconteur, and an actual physicist, Dr. Jim Kekalius. Our next guest is also a human man from the planet Earth. He's a writer, a podcaster, and a fan of real Earth whiskey, not the shitty synthahol, Bill Steitler. And our final guest is a human woman 
also from the planet Earth. She is an improviser, an educator, and she created an improv show called Star Trek The Next Improvisation. Please welcome Hannah Kuhlman. Yeah. I want to throw the gauntlet down here already. It's T, Earl Grey, hot. Oh, is it really? So yeah. if he just said Earl Grey hot, like a dude named Earl just Grey would appear. Yeah, right. Just a guy. Just a hot guy named Earl Grey. Yeah, that's the Chippendales episode. <laughs> <laughs> the naked T. <laughs> Excellent. So I just wanted to start out uh, with kind of your basic relationship with Star Trek. So starting with you, Dr. Jim, like just kind of briefly... How long has it been with you? Well, <laughs> it's a rather personal question. Um, yeah, I'm actually very old. So <laughs> I watched Star Trek when it was first broadcast on NBC back in the 60s. People I, are clapping for your mortality? That's exactly right. They say, hey, he's going to die, so a, a position will open up at the university. <laughs> um, I remember... <laughs> I, I remember I'm never dying <laughs> I, I remember when uh, NBC shifted the third season to uh, broadcast at 10pm on the east coast on a school night and so we were not able to watch it except for you know special occasions wow so um, yeah and then there was like then there was no Star Trek and then there were just reruns of the same episodes over and over again so um, those I know, I have pretty much. <laughs> you have them memorized, like you could get That's out right. puppets and do Spock's brain, right? <laughs> puppets, yeah, right. <laughs> Excellent. And have you watched uh, the the newer series? Oh, absolutely. In, okay. I've, I've I've watched you know the newer series, but I'm not you know not over and over and over right. again. Right. Right. Yeah. Cool. So, Bill, what's your basic relationship to Star Trek? Um, Star Trek for me is like. Uh, the Rankin Bass Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. I don't remember a time when it was not part of my life, and I didn't know what was going to happen in every episode. <laughs> so, and in, in you, you're talking mostly about the original series for original, that level I mean, of that knowledge. Was the, that was the start of the original series, and then I remember specifically going to see uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture in the theater, and then you know, as as the uh, the the TV series have gone on. I love Next Generation. I sort of liked DS9, and then I watched most of Voyager and none of Enterprise. And I really loved the first new Star Trek movie. Mm -hmm. And I also have been rewatching and falling back in love with the animated series. <laughs> falling back in love. Aww. <laughs> All it's over so again. romantic. <laughs> falling back in love. Was there a time where the relationship wasn't working out between oh, you and just, the animated the series? Idea, just the idea that I didn't remember what happened. Mm -hmm. um, and it was sort of this idea that because it was filmation, it was sort of like crappy. I remember filmation animation being crappy. Mm -hmm. um, not thinking, oh, this probably wasn't very good, but it's on Netflix, and it's it's sort of like the original series where there are really terrible episodes, but then really great episodes <laughs> that you can go back and watch. Oh, wow, this is amazing. Awesome. And Hannah, what's your basic relationship with Star Trek? Well, it's been it's been inside my heart since real early on. <laughs> <laughs> it I got inside you young. Right? Well, I mean, my my parents used to rent the uh, two at a time VHS cassettes of the original series for my okay. brother and I. So we used to, but it was only certain episodes. So it's only recently that I've seen some of the really like psychedelic effed up original <laughs> series episodes, and I'm like, wow, there was a lot going on on this show. With the space hippies one. Uh, yeah, no, I think that one was maybe on the tapes. I, the, there was one where this guy keeps just freaking out on a planet. 
You know oh, what yeah. I mean? You know the one, one? I'm talking yeah. about, right? He yep. just freaks out and screams and punches the, people. Like the and antimatter then, man. Yeah, and then he has yeah. like a sort of a migraine. Anyway, so I never <laughs> saw that as a kid. Are, which, well, that's pretty much how antimatter works. Are, oh, yeah. that's good to know. Yeah. Are you sure that this was a Star Trek episode and not something that your uncle slipped this in? Might have just been, this was just recently I saw this. This might have been a nightmare I had. I don't know. It sounds a little like an episode of Cops with just like some paper mache <laughs> rocks in the cops background. set in Portland. <laughs> it was Cops just, in Portland. Yep. I don't know how those dilithium crystals got there. <laughs> how awesome would that be as a right. fan series? Aww. So uh, beautiful. So Hannah, then you you've watched and you know all the new stuff pretty oh, well heck too. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I the the next generation was a big part of my pre adolescence, and I I stayed up late and watched the first part of Best of Both Worlds, and then was just terrified out of my mind for a week, and I was like, "What's gonna happen, Picard? <laughs> you guys, how can he possibly be saved?" I don't understand. And then they all took a nap and it was fine. So, <laughs> you learned yeah. to calm down on like Migraine Man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, so I want to get into some uh, kind of specific questions uh, for you guys. So, uh, Jim, starting with you, as a scientist, do you feel like the general sort of tech babble on Star Trek works? Is it consistent enough to feel realistic to you? Or are you just like deeply offended? Like, what the fuck are they talking about? Um Sometimes it, it, it works, like they'll make an, a reference in Star Trek The Next Generation to Heisenberg compensators with the transporter. Uh-huh. And so they're taking into account the fact that if you're going to transport every atom in someone's body, you would need to know the position and momentum of every atom at the point of transporting it to a precision that quantum mechanics wouldn't allow. So the person would always come there like kind of jumbled and messed up. Right. Um, if nothing else... Like, you know, their evil and good versions would definitely be split apart. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's true science, that we have that, good that, atoms and evil atoms, right? Because science, yes. Because science. <laughs> Excellent. Can, so can you do some Star Trek tech babble for us? Do you feel like you know it in your heart well enough? Well, I mean, let's see. If you need to reverse the polarity of the dilithium crystals in order to get the antimatter flow to go through the uh, transwarp coils... Then I think I could try that. <laughs> well, well done. done. Awesome. I'm surprised well you didn't throw subspace in there too. That oh, seems oh. to be kind of a standby. I, I was, I, I was, I was put on the spot. <laughs> yes. No, I think it was stronger it without is, it. Like, yes. <laughs> tachyons are indeed abused in the next generation because tachyons. Uh, uh, so, Bill, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, what I think of is like sort of the Picard torture seasons of oh, sure. Next Generation. I feel mm-hmm. like there was, a, you know, a time where uh, they were kind of free of some of the Roddenberry constraints and they could do more conflict, and then it seemed like they discovered the Roddenberry compensators. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they put them to the tachyon fuckamabobs. Uh, and it, it seemed like though that there was this moment where the show discovered, like, holy shit, he's a really good actor. Oh yeah. Let's yeah. do horrible things to him every episode. So my question for you is, if you, Bill, could go to like season four of Star Trek: Next Generation, what do you think would be like the best story to get the most acting? Out of Patrick Stewart, what would you do to him? Oh, I'm really ter. Uh, I I think they did so much good stuff because I mean, speaking of the torture, that was the thing. It was like, okay, Kirk is gonna get tortured. We're gonna sit him on our chair and flash lights at him. <laughs> Whereas with you know when they did the Picard torture, it was like, okay, this is actually how you psychologically torture someone. How to get the most acting 
Are you talking about like overacting? Where you're gonna like you know? Well, no, the... he's a great actor. But yeah, this, but this, I mean, this is but the I mean, thesis of this question: is a bunch of dudes were like, "Holy fuck, he can act!" Yeah. So we're gonna have him be tortured. We're gonna have oh, him lose okay. family members. We're gonna have him live a whole other life. All right. All of these things. We're gonna have him get stabbed through the heart when he's okay. eighteen. There I mean, are four lights. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that was my joke. Is, is oh, Picard of it? No, no, no. It was like no. I made a I made a little internet thing that never caught on where it was Picard screaming and it said there are nine planets. <laughs> um, I think so. You, you would give Patrick Stewart failed internet memes. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, the thing I would do is he would be. Uh, he <laughs> Patrick Stewart is Grumpy Cat. Um, <laughs> oh, he would do it. Keyboard yes. cat. And he has. He has this, yeah, he had, No, that's it. He has to speak an LOL cat to get out of the holodeck where he's trapped inside. Um, either that, or he has to go through an entire season of I Claudius playing his part of uh, Serjanus. Oh, that's. I, I think that's great. And Grumpy Cat. Grumpy Cat. <laughs> he has to do it as Grumpy Cat. <laughs> as Grumpy Cat. Hmm. Oh, I love that, man. Make that meme. Okay, so Hannah. Yes. Uh, so slash fiction, as we know it, kind of got its start with Kirk and Spock, right? I think it really legitimately right. did. I so why? I am so glad this. I did not get this question. That's what <laughs> I'm glad I did. I got. Why do you think that is? Why, why did it start there? Yeah. Well, I'm not kidding. I really did write my undergraduate thesis on slash fan fiction, so oh, I can nice. actually tell you. Yeah, but I'm not. You know, it's, well, give, it's give complicated. Us, well, give us give us your sort of short version. Imagining that you are not an absolute expert okay. as a okay. on slash fiction right. as a as okay. a hold on as a Star Trek fan. Yes. What what is it about Kirk and Spock that made people go like they gotta get together? They gotta do this. Yeah. You know, honestly, it's hard for me to say because I never really understood. I'll probably have my like nerd girl on the internet card revoked when I leave the theater. <laughs> but I never really got it because I was always like, Shatner's just sweaty. He's having problems all the time. Oh, He's not interested. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I can give you some URLs after the show. Sweaty and Sweaty's great. Sweaty, sweaty and, and problems. Sweaty bad. and problems. If yeah. it was just an innocent sweat. I always wondered why the whole culture of erotic fan fiction, of slash fiction, didn't spring up around Bones and Spock because they were always at each other's oh, throats. Oh, right. They had oh, some yeah. tension like to relieve. Was, yeah. Yeah. It was unresolved tension, and it was they were finally just going to fall on each other, and there could be some, you know, Spock was having Ponfar problems, and he only could try, um, you know what? No, no, I know it, you. It'll be on my blog. Yeah. No, no. Uh, hey. Damn it, Jim. I'm, I'm a doctor, not a sex substitute. Right, and then Jim would come in, and they would be like, you've got to help us get on this path. Right, and Kirk would just, like, and then, watch and smirk, and yeah. it would be great. Then it would be like, I'm Yeah, that makes this. sense, though. That's why I, I can yeah. do it. because I, I never yeah. thought of it that way, that, like, Kirk and Spock are already just kind of buddies, and they're just sitting right. there playing video games, and like, by the way, want to fuck? Cool. Yeah. Whereas, like, there's tension between mm -hmm. Spock and McCoy. Why That's do you awesome. think they call him Bones? <laughs> because he's a sawbones. Oh. oh, okay. <laughs> I'm glad we have some logical answers as well. <laughs> that totally science. makes sense. All right, so uh, uh, Dr. Jim, you already started to kind of address this. Transporters, could those be at all real? Is there anything in real life where we're getting close to being able to just beam places? No. <laughs> no. There, there is trans. People talk about teleportation every now and then. They're and entangled quantum states. They're basically talking about transporting information, not the actual objects themselves. Right. Boring. Um, I know. I know. Sorry, but um, 
you know, we, we got cell phones. <laughs> we got we got cell phones way better than they have in the 23rd century. Apparently, in they have flip big, phones. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, they I, that have no internet, no video. No <laughs> I I beg to differ on this because I do not have a chest mounted cell phone that. Oh, under, you didn't get yours? No, that <laughs> that understands whether I tap it or not if I'm trying to talk to someone. <laughs> But, oh, my God, if, if the Enterprise D had Siri, they would have died in the first episode. Just anything they asked for. I don't yeah, understand like, what you mean by fire preton <laughs> torpedoes. I think, I think you said. Pardon me, do you have any gray photons? I have a question. Is it okay if I ask Jim a question? Oh, sure. I'm wondering, okay, do you... As as someone who actually knows about this stuff, do you think that, do you subscribe to the theory that every time someone is transported, they're killed? You know, and then oh, it's a copy right. of them because it just seems like that to me. Watching it, I'm always sort of mildly horrified. I mean, that that's that's the problem is that to actually try to make it work, you're actually dealing with kind of that level. Yeah. Right. So, how many the people bummer. have you killed while trying to do this, Jim? <laughs> uh. None. <laughs> They're just interns. They yeah, don't right. count. None that haven't signed the release form. <laughs> okay, so I, Dr. Jim, I have a, a follow-up question. Is, is a scientist, have you ever used Scotty's technique and lied about how long something would take you to do so you could impress people when it didn't take that long? <laughs> Other than on the grant application. Yes. Uh, on the grant, well, yes, but... As long as my wife doesn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a scientific wife filter on all my podcasts. Good, good. So wives auto can't listen to these podcasts. It's amazing. Excellent. Um, then, yeah. <laughs> okay. Excellent. So, all right, Bill. Uh, so time is always like a major theme that I think cuts across Star Trek, kind of our relationship to time and our relationship to aging. Yep. So do you, Bill Steitler, think time is a predator stalking us? Or a companion who goes on the journey with us and reminds us to cherish every moment. I think um, time is something that can be defeated by going through a transporter when it's required or slingshotting myself around the sun. Uh, that's if, if we lived in Star Trek land, that's true. Yes. But for your own personal, oh, real-life Bill Steitler... Do you feel like, time, you bastard, get off my back? Or like, time, we're holding hands. Yay. Um, time is a gift, precious and rare. No, wait, that's a song. Sorry. Um, no, time, time is great. I'm, I'm so glad. I, the best thing for me about time is You're that You're talking about time like it's like a Facebook yeah. high school friend that you have to endure. Oh, God. You know, I, hid, I hid time. I can't. No, time, the best thing about time is it's taking me further away from my teenage years. So, yay, time. Okay, so for you, the answer to this question is, Time is a dude who takes you away from the shitty stuff. Yes. <laughs> awesome. He's the buddy with a pickup truck who says, we need to get out of here. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, Hannah. Yes. What's the deal with the uh, Prime Directive? Do you think that across all the Star Treks, they are incredibly inconsistent and just violate that shit whenever they want to? You know, I think they, they, t they it seems like they stick to it almost all the time, you know, except for Enterprise, which I've actually watched a little bit of. I, I like, I closed my eyes and plugged, my, and plugged my ears and sang really loud through the theme song. And then once oh, you get to yeah. the episodes, it's it's almost kind of solid for a couple seasons until they go yeah. completely insane. 
but they, but they, uh, they like, they have all these episodes where they're like, you know, someday maybe someone will come up with a rule so that this episode would have made sense. <laughs> I wonder what we'll call it. Maybe the time invective, and then Starfield. And so those that show really. So it's that leading me. about the setup of yeah, the prime I mean, directive. It's, Part of that show is just like, yeah. w- instead of red alert, let's call it read alert. Like they <laughs> That's really a thing. That's totally a thing that happens. Red they alert, kinda, we have Panini on the bridge. <laughs> they totally like invent all the Star Trek stuff. Okay. But that show made me kind of realize, like, yeah, the Prime Directive really does make TNG work as a show. So, so you, feel like, you feel like they mostly follow it. Yeah, I mean, Janeway just sticks to it. To make things hard for everyone because she's cranky, I think. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, and just needs... make sure that Voyager stays really fucking boring, yeah. right? And just like, don't. Just like, don't. That was almost interesting. Let's lock <laughs> that down. When we get back, don't tell anyone we did anything. <laughs> yeah, right. We all just nope. napped. That won't be yeah. a problem because mm-hmm. we didn't. We didn't the do weird much. part was there was a Voyager uh, video game that was really fun to play because they I ignored everything about Voyager and made it a shooting game. That game was fun. <laughs> I played that at the movie theater awesome. one time. It's just a zombie game. It ruled. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, awesome. let's play that. Okay, so Dr. Jim, who is the best scientist in the Star Trek universe? Who is, of all the characters, who is an actual good scientist where you're like, damn, I want to get with him and do some science? Um, let's see. Spock, clearly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd have to say uh, Daystrom because Damn. He, he invented, you know, artificial intelligence. Deep I, cut. He and he also made up whatever engrams are, <laughs> <laughs> so that he could imprint them those on, really, on those the Mark really Five computer. Wow. So um, and uh, yeah, Zephyrin Cochran in the novel. <laughs> Generations, but not in first contact. In first contact, I didn't like um, the you know portrayal. Like you say, sure. that'll that'll do warp drive. Right, that'll, that'll do. do. <laughs> what about in the original series? Oh, you know what? That's right. That's a good point. That's right. He was there. Um, he was kind of okay there. He was just a pilot. Doesn't he basically. have like yeah, right. a basically? He has yeah. like a girlfriend but, who's a purple cloud or something. And he right. freaks <laughs> out. Right. Right. He realizes he's been laying a cloud. Yeah. And the purple cloud has a migraine, so she doesn't want to. Yeah. It's hard. And then he finds out she was only sixteen, and yeah. it's really weird. So, yeah. so you have you would have the choice of these flawed human scientists. Like if if just magically someone from Star Trek could come and do science with you on Earth, you have these this choice of these these flawed human scientists, or you have like Spock and Data. Would would you want a flawed human, or would you want like a machine or logic? You know, a flawed human is better to like get them to list their names second or third on the paper. <laughs> Here's, and so I definitely am going to go with that. And so you would put... Human, you, it would be safe, definitely be someone you could say, you know, you don't want to take a trip to Stockholm. Yeah. <laughs> so really you would put your ego December. before science. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to I want to interject here, uh, uh, Jim. What do you think of Bones as a scientist? Oh, Bones is actually under no no underrated as a scientist. One of my favorite episodes, the original series, is Shore Leave, where mm-hmm. when when McCoy is faced with this impossible scenario, he says, "This is a hallucination. Hallucinations can't harm me." And he stands still while the Black Knight charges at him, 
and he gets stabbed through the heart and dies. But, <laughs> but, but not really. it shows that he is actually a man of science and a man of yeah. reason at the end of the day that, you know, with all of his arguing for the benefits of emotionalism and right. benefits of the heart, he is also a man of science. Um, so, yeah, no, Bones is, is actually, that's, that's true. Um, Bones is a, a really excellent scientist. That's the thing about that I just loved about the original series. There was this group of people who were like working at their fullest capacity. They were given challenges, and the challenges didn't upset their day. The challenges kind of like defined their day. They brought out the best in them as they faced new new problems and figured out ways to solve it. And the notion of like being on that bridge and being there where everyone is working at their peak and everyone is 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 going on to the, the unknown. The sense of discovery that, you know, going out and seeing something new for the first time and, and what do you find? And and it's Abraham Lincoln sitting out in space. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> a guy in a toga who suddenly can make himself 20 feet tall so you have to look under the toga <laughs> whether you want to or not so is that, mean, was that your first moment of science of like sometimes you just have to look at experiments you don't want to exactly let's pick up that rock and like, you know, let's put it back excellent excellent so you know, I want to move on to, to you uh, Bill for your okay. next question which Star Trek character do you think would be best at doing a podcast which Star Trek would give the best podcast? Oh, it's got to be Data, because he... <laughs> Data would have, like, the most interesting guests, and he would be funny, but he wouldn't know that he was being funny. So this is so pre-emotion he, chip Data. Yeah, he would... No, 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 not even emotion. No, unemotional Data. Yeah, yeah, pre-emotion chip. Because he was, chip. like, when he's, like, doing his, like, shitty poetry about his cat and stuff. <laughs> yeah. He would just be... He would be like, hello, all right, welcome to podcast... Here's a poem I wrote about my cat. Oh, Spot, you are like, and then he would have like different people from the thing on, and then he would have like that woman. <laughs> that, <laughs> you mean the Enterprise? From the Enterprise, <laughs> or like the, you know, or it's like he would be, or he would have like those little shitty robots that were actually alive that would like. No, I, 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 this is all good, and I'm really agreeing with you, but I need to clarify what you mean by the thing. You do mean the Enterprise. He would, you know, he would probably interview the Enterprise at some point. <laughs> but you, you're just not going to answer this question. Would that be? Do you think a cool Federation ship would be the USS thing? <laughs> it, or maybe the Miss thing. Yeah, the Miss thing. Yeah, I mean, considering, you know, how many thousands of ships, eventually they're going to start calling the USS Spider-Man, the USS Batman, <laughs> yeah. USS The Thing. Yeah, USS yeah. Grumpy Cat. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Grumpy Cat. Yeah, Fort Awesome. So I, I think that's a great. So, <laughs> do you think that Data would just have like the big players? Like, would he just have like Riker and Troy, or would he have like random people who just like no, lived no, no. on the saucer section? No, no, he would have like he would have like the kids. And the best part was he would have like <laughs> he would super, have the kids. <laughs> he would have like super awkward guests where he would have like that woman he had the sexual relationship with for one episode, yes. and like they would Tasha have this, Yar. Like, no, the other, no, the other one. There he was had, like, like a romantic kind of relationship. Like Linda Hamilton. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And he would have like he would have like Wesley on. Like Wesley would be like the uh, like the recurring guest, and he would just. He, ask, he, you he'd think be, like, he'd be the sidekick? sidekick? He'd yeah. be the yeah. Andy Richter. Or yeah, exactly, <laughs> the Andy Richter. Oh, I look, totally I think I think Will would have done a great job at just saying hey oh, every once in a while. Can you can you the episode where he had uh, Troy's mom on would be like the most downloaded episode of all time. <laughs> okay. 
So, because she's just talking about like sex and talking about like what everybody is thinking about her as she was walking down the hall. <laughs> Excellent. What would this podcast be called if Data had a podcast? Um, data notes. I don't know what the it would data be, notes. It would, be, it would be called "This is Data's podcast." <laughs> Please download it. <laughs> That would be the whole title. The Please download it. Rate and review on oh. iTunes. Jordy, Jordy told me I needed to have a podcast title insert it here. That would be the most here. awkward part is that whenever he couldn't get guests, Jordy would have to do it. So there'd be like 40% of the episodes would just be Jordy. And it, be would like, be, it would be great because he would ask Jordy about his holodeck adventures. <laughs> this is starting to sound like the shittiest podcast ever. That like the kids in the saucer know like I don't want to come into Data's room and his asshole cat bother yeah, me it's while Data asks me funny. weird questions. Yeah. So then it's just like episode after episode of Jordy saying I'm actually kind of busy and I need to do some reading Rainbow <laughs> cosplay in the holodeck. <laughs> but Data would record it on the holodeck, so it would be like the Ed Sullivan Theater with like eight thousand people. He would do an episode with the Joe Piscopo like <laughs> comedy tutor character, and it would just be unlistenable. Okay. This is the most opinionated audience I've ever had at Obsessed, and I really, really like it. Thank you very much. For Star Trek, I'm shocked. I know. (laughs) Uh, So, Hannah, uh, which Star Trek character do you think would be the best improviser? I don't Um, think it would be Data. I think it would, I think, honestly, and I've thought about this, which is a thing. Yeah, of course. Is that I thought about this. It's totally the doctor from uh, from Voyager. Oh, oh yeah. Right? Oh. He fancied himself such a creative, you know? He would yes and. Yeah, yeah, he totally would. But then he would also sort of steamroll and kind of turn into, you know, it would sort of... I have a feeling it might turn into sort of like Michael from the American Office, kind of like... <laughs> Where he like just sort of... He would dictate like, what's going to happen in the scene? Gone. Yeah, he would just sort of dictate. And then there would be a whole episode about it. Yeah. Where he would have like an improv troupe that performed at whatever the French cap Sandrine's, the French cafe that they had, right guys? Yeah. And then, and seven oh, of ask nine, the audience, they know. Seven of nine would be in the troupe and she would just destroy every scene. And, <laughs> and then he would be mad and tell her how to improvise and she would be like, maybe you should improvise the way that, mm. And then, <laughs> and then Chakotay would be like, you guys, we've got to improvise. I'm a space Native American. And then it would all come together. Yeah. And then when and, Ch- and would Chakotay actually say out loud, my story ended in season two and I'm yeah. pointless. <laughs> I'm still here. Night of the Comet. It would be great. Happy Thanksgiving, yeah. Pilgrim. Yeah. Oh. 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 Do you suppose that the doctor's programming would kick in if somebody said like they were doing like, Oh, I cut my finger. He's like, oh, let me... He like, would, yeah. He, he would. probably would initiate a lot of scenes with sure. state the nature of the medical emergency, yeah. and then their coach would have to I need a like, place where you would have a medical emergency <laughs> on a first date. <laughs> and then it would just slow... They, there would just be three people in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> they would all just filter out. <laughs> nice. Okay, so this is a question for all of you. Uh, this debate comes up a lot, I think, in relationship to Deep Space Nine. Is the Enterprise the heart of Star Trek? And is the theme exploration? Or does it have to... The audience is already saying no, heatedly. <laughs> I feel like Which if I audience, say yes... I'm with you. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm totally with you. But I'm going to ask the guests. I'm going to go down. Dr. Jim, is exploration the heart of this show? And if not, what other themes make up the heart of... Not, not the show, I guess, but the universe in the ethos? Well, 
I actually I will reluctantly disagree with the audience. I think the idea of discovery, of going out and and uh, seeking out um, new life and new civilizations. <laughs> Uh, New guests for your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm done here. (laughs) Um, I think that that is is kind of the theme because the idea was that, and actually this was the idea that they were trying to get with Voyager is my understanding, whereas in the next generation, the infrastructure of the Federation had grown so vast. So getting back to the spirit of the original series where a lot of times... Kirk would send this subspace message back to Starbase, um, but he'd have to solve the problem before he got an answer. Right. And so they were on their own a lot of the time. And so this is it. You're out there. You're on your own. And it's just like your wits um, figuring out how when you're in checkmate, deciding to change the game and turn it into poker. <laughs> okay. So, so what I hear you saying, saying is a uh, another theme besides exploration is just the challenge of using your wits and your resolve to solve a problem as opposed to like getting a message back from your boss about like, yeah, right, don't yeah, shoot that I, guy. Yeah, what to do. Yeah, and making sure that you got the CYA memo from yeah. Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the sort of office space version of Star Trek. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and Bill, what do you think it's all about exploration? And if not, I, what is it about? I used to think it was about like the ship because Kirk, when I first watched it, Kirk always made a big deal about he wanted to protect the ship. That was his primary concern. Yeah. And then, but it's not it because rewatching um, Search for Spock, they blow up the Enterprise, and it's you see it streaking, and everybody is, and Kirk says, "What have I done?" And you realize it's about the family that they create on these various ships and how they react to stuff. And I think any Star Trek series succeeds or fails on how well they create a relationship between these characters. I'm so glad you brought that up because the McCoy response to that question of you've turned death into yep. a fighting chance to live yep. is one of those like melodramatic things that yep. rings through my head when I'm doing like basic daily tasks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just sort of like it is it's it's that like it's the spirit of improvisation of you need to make this work with the tools that you have yeah. by your wits and your resolve and I feel that like I can't get this to a this file to attach to this email. Well, I'm gonna turn death into a fighting chance to live somehow. Destruct one zero one. I'm gonna find a way if I can figure out how to blow up my MacBook Pro. I can make this work. Change the terms of the simulation. Exactly. (laughs) Eat an apple. Yeah. No shit. Uh, All right. So Hannah, same question. I, I love both of those answers, and I'm going to add a third point. To oh, Star Trek. yeah. For me, I've always found it most compelling, the, the way that this, the show isn't just about exploration, but about connecting with people who are different. So, and I mean, sometimes it's really heavy-handed. Sometimes, the, like, they go to the metaphor planet, you know? I mean, <laughs> sometimes... He's black on the left it. side, the, and I'm white well, on the left side. Yes. Well, the, exactly. Well, and I, I so mean, the, the, this, the Next Generation improv show that, that I worked on, we had all these different types of episodes mapped out, and one of them was metaphor planet. Okay. You know? <laughs> and, you, you know, it, it's very... Sometimes it's, sometimes it's super over the top. But the way that they... Um, the way that, I mean, it's, sometimes it's kind of almost offensive the way they're like, well, it turns out you were more human than we thought. And it's like, that was nice and racist. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it turns out you're real What's people. What's racist about being human? Well, if you're using the metaphor, you know, of like 
the, the I guess you Klingons are more human than you thought. And it's like, well, the Klingons are also all, they all have brown skin. So can we not, like, you know what I mean? Wait, like brown gets, skin people aren't human? Gets, well, sometimes Star Trek says that. <laughs> oh, okay. It's weird. Well, it is it's true. Weird. It's, yeah. I yeah. mean, we as the, we as the viewers want to relate to a human connection. Yeah. But then, but the show wants to challenge us of like, well, then there mm-hmm. should be some other cultures that don't agree with us. Yeah. With our happens? human perspective. So then how do we. We don't. We shouldn't just always make them more human. Like Spock, let yeah. it go. Spock, if you could only be more human, you Spock, know. rock out with your cock out. Come on, <laughs> calm down. Yeah, like yeah, that's exactly. kind of the message of the original series. Like, well, that's kind of disrespectful. This guy's like, pretty ridiculous. And they, they get better at that as the as the universe expands. Sometimes they get in over their heads with these, you know, like social social change, social problem equations get a little overcomplicated, and you end up having Riker. Falling in love with a metaphor for gay people. Oh but, yeah, you know, that's and, a that's a and it's the '90s, so everyone's freaking out. Even though it's the 24th century, and they should be fine with it. You know? Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a hell but, of an episode. But I think it's cool that I think it's cool that the show kept trying to do that, and the shows kept trying to do that all through the '90s, all through the early aughts, even as America freaked out about identity mm. politics. I was always sort of cheering Star Trek on, like, "Come on, you can get there." And then they would always have these characters that were trying to explore what human consciousness and human individuality is which i always found really cool too cool like data and seven of nine and the doctor and all that stuff so i hear you saying it's about inner exploration thanks buddy that is yeah. it yeah awesome. that's what i was saying all along cool and <laughs> since that was lovely and, and nice let's ask some questions from the internet <laughs> just as a contrast oh, good. so i asked for some questions from the internet and i got some random stuff so yeah here's a question any of you feel free to jump in and answer uh, do you believe in and adhere to the rules of acquisition, or don't you have the lobes for business? <laughs> Strangely accusatory. Random I got the questions. lobes for business, and I got my business is lobes. <laughs> <laughs> Grandmaster Dr. Jim Cacalius. <laughs> Dropping beats in truth. I always thought the rules of acquisition got a little overwrought after a while. I was like, how many of these are we going to come up with, you guys? Yeah. All right. Is it like it was an endless comedy well? Yeah. yeah. But was it endless, or did we hit the bottom pretty early? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, do you have lobes, Bill? I actually do have lobes. Um, I, I I did admire <laughs> the way that you know the when one of the many clumsy things that Next Generation did was inter- introduce the Ferengi. As the sort of, and one of the things I liked about DS9 is they sort of developed this culture and said, okay, here's what's honorable about they've never had a war, they've, you know, and then they developed that. And, I, and that's one of the things I really liked about DS9, which I always had problems with as a series. Yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, you've already answered, Hannah, about it's your true. feelings about yeah. the rules of acquisition. So, um, do you guys, this is another good question, do you guys have plot device pet peeves? So, Dr. Jim, anything in particular that comes up too much for your taste? Yeah, there's... I, I, I don't like um, transporter malfunctions. And, you know, <laughs> it and, you know, perturbs Shatner, you as a Shatner scientist. feels that he's not acting enough yeah. so, uh, to, to split him up that way. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's always been a problem. If, you know, as bad as the transporter is, you know, to actually have them malfunction in these ways and not just produce misshapen lumps. <laughs> yeah. But actually, um, you know, put it to the cornfield, send it to the cornfield quick. <laughs> uh, but to actually have it do where like you have two fully functioning human beings with yeah. different personalities, yeah. that part 
Yeah. Two Rikers sexing up the universe. Yeah, that's too much. Yeah. All right, so, Bill, do you have any uh, plot device pet peeves? How many people need to die in the holodeck before... (laughs) (laughs) People realize that it is not a game. Shut it down. Check the safety. It's like a gun. Check the safety. never giving the holodeck the ability to kill people is a good idea. (laughs) That's no, a Siri no, moment, no, right? Like, Siri's in charge of the, the holiday, clearly. The Second Amendment says... <laughs> the Second Amendment this says the, that we have the right to kill everybody on the holiday. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, computer, maybe don't create sentient beings that yes. can override your own control. Yes. Oh, you didn't tell me that. I, I heard the exact opposite. I'm sorry. <laughs> And the nearest Chipotle is 12 parsecs. Computer, please create an individual that can override the life support systems on the larger ship. Done. I think I heard you say kill everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Hannah, plot devices. I I mentioned this before, but about halfway through Voyager, I got real sick of like, I've got a headache. I wonder what's wrong. Invisible crap in subspace. Like, yeah. Every, every other episode of that show is like, God, those writers were like, can't think of anything legit. Uh, you know what? We should have invisible bat people that, because they're in subspace and, you know, we'll yeah. switch and they'll come. It'll be Fuck like subspace. Yeah, it'll be like black light. I think my, my biggest pet peeve is from the movies of the like, well, we've got a skeleton crew, but no one else is around. So blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Like, so let's all go get killed. Yes. Yeah. That one happens a lot. Okay. So this is actually, this is a modified question from a question I got from our James Bond podcast. And for anybody who's listening to our James Bond podcast, it spiraled out of control. Is this going to get real nasty? Well, I'm going to try to ask it the way it was intended. uh, Because the the James Bond one, feel free to go listen to that podcast. It spiraled out of of control and became all about uh, the various actors being trapped on Masturbation Island. (laughs) So, all right, here, here's the question, as it was intended to be asked. Okay. Uh, but with Star Trek put in. If all of the captains of the various ships were stranded on a planet, and they had to seduce their way off the planet, which would win? Let me review all the captains we're talking about. Okay. We've got Captain Kirk. We've got Captain Picard. We've got Captain Sisko. We've got Captain Janeway. got Captain Scott Bakula. <laughs> Archer, Archer, I just wanted to make the audience yell Archer at me. (laughs) Thank you very much. Captain Archer, and then Captain Newkirk. If those people were all stranded Mm -hmm. on a planet, and the only way they could get off is through seduction. Seduction of locals? Well, this is kind of, it's kind of, the the question is up to you guys to define. If they had to seduce their way off the planet with each other, with locals, (laughs) with trees... With like a sexy Kobayashi Maru, <laughs> I I'm gonna a I'm no gonna, win fucking scenario. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna jump in here because I actually have a, a quantifiable solution that will satisfy <laughs> Dr. Jim. I think is that oh. I used to play the Star Trek role playing game, yes. um, which quantified Kirk's original Kirk's carousing ability at ninety nine percent. Did you? You said carousing ability. That's an he awesome had, name for that. That is that was that is an ability carousing. Kirk had a carousing of ninety nine. Scotty, I believe, had seventy five. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Well, let's. This is this is about the word carousing. If I was carousing. if I was the DM, carousing would be like getting your buddies to hang out late at night, drinking, and ma- it's not just about sex. It's about macking on Orion slave girls. Okay. <laughs> So, you, so your vote is original Kirk. Original Kirk. would be the the best. Would win the seduction off the planet contest. Yep. 
Dr. Jim, do you think any other captains could beat the original Kirk for seducing their way off a planet? Yes. I'm going to have to say that it's going to be Janeway. (laughs) Really? Yes. Absolutely. Because the other captains are just going to have to try to, like, talk, sweet talk their way into it, and Janeway will just, like, just say yes. (laughs) 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 It's like, game over, man. Game over. So Janeway would see the sex that is available in subspace and just go for it. (laughs) I think, I mean, Janeway and Cisco, I think, are the only two who really sustained, like, a functional, semi-long-term relationship with anybody. So I have a feeling they'd probably have, like, the psychological... Like manipulative romantic skills, right? To deal with whatever, like if it was a sexy Kobayashi Maru, they could probably. They seem like they got the people skills to do it. Mm-hmm. And Cisco had that sweet vest that he always wore on dates <laughs> too. So if he, if if we're assuming that he had that along in a duffel, then yeah. then Cis, the Cisco might do it. Okay, so like both the young Kirks would be like smirking and Janeway would, would be like, off. Janeway would just be yeah. barking instructions like, have sex with me now, go down on me now, go down on me now, go down on me now. Janeway and, would just take her hair down. And, be and Archer like, would yeah, just right, be, he'd yeah. be way in the background like, and Cisco would just put on a vest and say, yeah. Yeah. And then he'd he would, be good. He he'd be good to go. Enunciate and he would have his mm-hmm. brightly toned He would vest. enunciate. <laughs> he would enunciate. It would appeal to the inhabitants of the planet. Oh God, I love the, I love learning things that mm-hmm. you think the sexiest thing about Star Trek is vests and enunciation. <laughs> in a survival situation, yeah. In a leisure situation, like, all, right, all better. Yeah. In a leisure everyone situation. Says, everyone says Kirk, right? But I you do. know the thing is. When you go to pick up a girl in the bar, do you always talk like this? Right? It seems like he's... <laughs> it works. It would worry you. me. It, it would, would worry me. It would worry me. What about... Okay, Especially in a loud bar. What about Kirk wearing that sweet, like, sports jacket thing that Picard had in the later seasons? What, like a deep V? The, no, no. Like, no, no, no. Like, like the, the PJs? The thing that he wore over his, like, uniform. Oh, oh the, the little jacket? I, yeah. I think Kirk would look like a douche in that little jacket. Yeah. But you know what? If everyone had on those like, like sort of asymmetrical swoopy outfits. Oh yeah, that yeah, they, yeah. They, that the original Kural had on in the. Oh yeah, movie. that was hot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Sulu rocked that, right? If yeah. everyone had those, then then it's just even match. Okay. Like, good luck, okay. everybody. So uh, that's the end for our internet questions. I now have a quiz for you guys, and this is a lightning quiz. So I'm looking for fast answers for the most part. You guys ready? Yes. yes. Doctor Jim, is there anything that Captain Kirk is not good at? Failing. Ooh. Oh, I gave that 5,000 points. <laughs> that was, that was Damn. You didn't have to fucking work to catch up. Uh, Bill, whether or not you know Klingon, please say something in Klingon. Kapla! <laughs> Excellent. Uh, what Bill, about my mother? <laughs> please, please say in Klingon, I'm sorry, mother, I have to take a bath. Okay, Mom, I know I haven't put any <laughs> applications to warrior class. All right, I give, that, I give that 35 points. Excellent. Uh, Hannah, what is Deanna Troy feeling right now? Uh, fear and anger. <laughs> Wait, sadness. <laughs> Uncertainty. So lonely. So lonely. Oh, sorry. That, that's that was totally unhelpful, so I'm giving you 10,000 points. <laughs> All right, Dr. Jim, please recite Newton's Laws of Motion in a William Shatner voice. <laughs> if, 
There is no net force on an object. Then an object in motion will remain in motion. <laughs> if there is a net force, then there is an acceleration given by force equals mass times acceleration. Can you, can you do that as Scotty? At every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. <laughs> Lovely, lovely. Now, uh, Bill Stylish requested that you do it as Scotty. Now, do you want? <laughs> In the middle of I, an emergency, I got to have thirty minutes. <laughs> I can't change the laws of physics. Yay! <laughs> mm-hmm. That also gets ten thousand points. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right, Bill. Would Q ever appear at an Arby's, and if so, why? Yes, he would. He would summon Picard there as a lesson in human failings. <laughs> 20,000 points, and you're catching up. All right, Hannah, uh-huh. can the Borg sense when the ratings of a Star Trek TV show are a little low? Yes, and when it happens, they change the shape of their ships. <laughs> It's a triangle now. (laughs) Corollary to that, they put on corsets and skin-tight suits. Uh, 15,000 points for that. All right. Uh, Dr. Jim, we know phasers can be set to stun and kill. What other settings should they have? (laughs) Um, Sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) How is that different from stun? You just get kind of drowsy. <laughs> um, there's also allergy attack. <laughs> Set phasers to hay fever. So, like, a Klingon is just sneezing. Yeah. Right. Kabah, 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 kabah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just like. I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't. It's, there's something in the air. Ducks. All right. That's worth a million points. So a lot of zeros. So you guys are gonna have to work hard to catch up. All right. All right. Bill, briefly describe Mirror Universe Bill Steitler. <laughs> oh boy. Um, he went to a better grad school. Um, where he didn't meet his wife, and so he actually ended up dominating the earth like he always thought he would. And what kind of facial hair does he have? Um, He has a really scraggly beard like I do when I don't shave it, but if anybody mentions it, he kills them instantly. All right, 50,000 points. Very well done. All right, uh, Hannah, besides the Beastie Boys, what other 20th century music does new Captain Kirk like rocking out to? Uh, probably just a lot of, uh, like, House of Pain, I would imagine. <laughs> um, Cypress Hill. Mm. Uh, no, you know what? Mm-hmm. I take that back, because I was impressed with it, with the Beastie Boys. Probably, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Solid, solid. Nice, nice. I give that 20,000 points. Okay, so that was round one of the lightning quiz. And the second right. lightning quiz, round two, is kind of the quintessential Star Trek discussion is who would win in a fight. So I'm going to give you guys different people and you tell me who would win in a fight. Okay. Dr. Jim, current day William Shatner, the actor, versus a paper mache rock. (laughs) (laughs) Who wins in that fight? No, definitely Shatner because he can negotiate. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I don't I give do that, that little Priceline dance. I give that 50,000 <laughs> points. All right. Uh, and Bill, 
Tribbles versus the Borg. Oh, Tribbles versus the Borg. Um, obviously, the Tribbles keep multiplying until the you know the Borg keep trying to assimilate them. It's a zero sum equation, but the 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 Tribbles win. All right, I give that. Thirty thousand points. Yeah, sure. All right, uh, Hannah. Any character from Voyager besides Seven of Nine or Janeway whose name you remember <laughs> versus Odo when he's in a bucket? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna select Harry Kim. Put him up against Odo in a bucket, and Odo in a bucket wins. <laughs> <laughs> I give correct. that ten thousand points. All right, Doctor Jim. Drunk Scotty versus floating Abraham Lincoln head. That's the name of my tumbler. <laughs> <laughs> or perhaps Data's podcast. <laughs> Nails That's it. the question he asks at the end of every episode. <laughs> every episode. <laughs> Who would win in a fight, says Data. Drunk Scotty. Versus floating Abraham Lincoln but, but, head. Uh, you know what? Drunk Scotty versus anyone. Okay? Drunk Scotty, he's like... He's in that Jeffrey's tube and he's cursing up the storm. He's like, oh, bug is flickering. <laughs> the sparks are flying. And he's still like figuring out what he's got to do. No, drunk Scotty. All right, so drunk Scotty. All right, I give that uh, 35,000 Romulan ales. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, wait, Call wait, that okay. a drink, son. Uh, Bill, the Gorn versus Mirror Universe Wesley Crusher. Whoa, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, I like, think about this. A lot to wrap your fucking question. mind around, isn't it? <laughs> okay, well, uh, Wesley, Mirror Universe Wesley, I assume, can blink. So he's got an advantage over the Gorn. <laughs> um, he can also rotate his head independent yeah, of his body. Who are constantly like putting those you know, Visine eye drops in there. Uh, so yeah, the Gorn end up as luggage for Mirror Universe Wesley. Excellent. 20,000 points. Uh, all right, uh, Hannah, Jordy's visor versus Riker's trombone. <laughs> uh, I think it, they would be evenly matched for a long time, and then the trombone <laughs> would deli- deliver the killing blow, and as it did it, it would go, <laughs> and play the wrong note, and then the visor would leap up and end it. <laughs> and then as the visor dies, it goes, <laughs> 20,000 points. Excellent. Uh, All right. So, uh, Dr. Jim, McCoy versus Robert Picardo, the actor. (gasps) Ooh. I would have to say McCoy. Definitely McCoy. Because um, I suspect that there is some scenery that Picardo would not chew. (laughs) (laughs) I give that 10,000 Romulan nailed. Because you're just going to get Romulan nailed now. Uh, Bill, Spock during Ponfar versus Worf when he's kind of hungry. <laughs> Does Spock have access to his Ponfar weapons? Oh, sure, yeah. Okay. Then but, but Worf has a Batleth. There's no... Con- you cannot... There, nothing can stop Spock when he wants to get him some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, if he, he has a weapon kill- that's sharp on one end and blunt on the other, that's he like... That's life, his right? captain. You cannot... Do not, man, <laughs> yeah. do not step to Spock. Okay, I give that a million points. Well done. You're catching up. All right, uh, Hannah, Data's cat Spot versus the whale from Voyage Home. 
George or Gracie? <laughs> yeah. Is it George oh, or Gracie? Uh, George. Okay, then Spot. <laughs> How does Spot kill the whale? Uh... He uh, <laughs> just held holds him underwater. Plugs up the blowhole. Just, oh. oh, he just slaps oh. his little paw on the blowhole yeah, and yeah. drowns he just sits the fucking it. whale that they did all that work. <laughs> he just sits on the blowhole and oh, kind shit. of overflows it. <laughs> and it's just like, just has sort of a shitty face did, for like an hour and then that's it. How did SeaWorld get enough money to hold two blue whales and then they decided to let him go? Well, because of Kirk's carousing skill. Oh, yeah. uh, so I'll give that two million points because of just the horrible imagery. <laughs> All right, uh, Dr. Jim, space versus time. Who would win in a fight? Time. Because it can go back before, if it lost, it could go back <laughs> <laughs> until it kept winning. All right, I give that infinite points because of the answer. <laughs> In which case, the rest of you guys are pretty fucked unless yeah, you get infinite right. points. All right, Bill. Yeah, but you, my infinity's bigger. Bill, you could get two infinity on this. There you are, do really well. There are larger infinities. That's right. Really? Are there? Yeah. There are. Yeah. There are the Call infinite. The what? Because there are it, the, all the odd numbers yeah. are an infinite yeah. number, but all numbers yes. are a larger infinity. Oh, we, we've Deal just, with that. We've yeah. just become data's podcast right one. Yeah, so. Did I just blow your mind? All right, Bill. Yeah, you really did, actually. <laughs> Uh, Bill, red shirt security guards from the original series versus green Orion girl. I want to watch that series. Where can I enter my credit card <laughs> number to find out what happens next? I give that <laughs> half an infinity. Oh. Oh. oh, yeah. It's a sad little thing. Uh, Hannah, yeah. seven of nine versus Hitler. <laughs> seven of nine? Yay! <laughs> I give that one Hitler mustache. <laughs> I have to draw it on my little sheet. Excellent. Well, I think the winner of our quiz is indeed Dr. Jim with an infinity well done. of points. Very, very, very close. Do you guys have... <laughs> I wasn't going to say it was close, but then I was informed that like infinities are just like shit we play with. I'm like, oh yeah, they're different kinds it's of It's like infinity. all numbers. It's just made up shit. It's just... It, <laughs> Exactly. It's just shit that determines, you know, whether or not a spacecraft will reach the moon or explode. Whatever. It's just numbers, right? It's all numbers. It's yeah, all theory, right? Right. So, uh, Dr. Jim, do you have any uh, closing thoughts on Star Trek that you feel you want to share? Um, I just I just love the idea, again, that Kirk, the, the whole notion that um, creativity, that innovation, uh, intelligence... That at some point these things will be valued by society, <laughs> uh, and that um, I, I, the thing is, it's the same thing with with comic books or Sherlock Holmes or other or James Bond. These characters have have like set a, a tone for us often when we're young, and then they've 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 earned a place in the shelf of our lives. And so we'll always go back and we'll always be willing to give them, if they want to tell new stories with them, we're always willing to give it a listen. Sometimes we won't, we'll like the story, sometimes we won't, but they'll, they'll always be there and we'll always be ready for them. Awesome. Uh, Bill, any final Star the, Trek thoughts? The beauty of the original series is that Kirk is, you know, this human and he has the logical angel on one shoulder and the emotional angel on the other shoulder. 
and he is super passionate and occasionally violent, but at the end he tries to be a better he tries to be a better person, and I just think that's the great lesson of Star Trek. Awesome, Hannah. Mm. Well, okay, I know that Into Darkness had some serious, serious problems, <laughs> and I don't want to get into it right now. No. But but I will say that when I saw it in the theater, I had this moment of like really profound nerd joy because I was watching this huge budget action movie and at, towards the end of it, like some serious ass was getting kicked and it was an awesome action sequence. And the two characters that were kicking ass were played by a gay guy and a black woman. And I was like, <laughs> what is that? Look at this theater right now. And when I was a kid watching Next Generation, I remember having this profound moment of sadness when I realized how far in the future it was set and that I was never going to live to see that. So when I was watching this movie, I was like, yeah, okay, we don't have, you know, tricorders yet. But... It's coming. Yeah, we're very close. Yeah. And and a gay guy and a black woman are like essentially, I mean... Beating the crap out of each other. The, beating the crap out of someone else together. Yeah. Yeah. And like isn't that. that what we're all striving for? <laughs> right? Excellent. Those are my closing thoughts. We can all come together and beat up the British. Yes. That's the true moral of Star Trek is fuck the British. Right. (laughs) All right. So I have some final questions. It's how we end a podcast every time that don't necessarily relate to our main topic. So, Dr. Jim, if you could turn your body into any substance, what substance would you turn your body into? Obtainium. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be really easy to get you. Yeah, that's right. Come get some. That's awesome. <laughs> Bill, if you if you could change your name to anything and people would just go with that and call you your new name, what would you change your name to? Captain Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you'd like your order would be up at a pizza place and you'd be like Captain Awesome. You'd be like, that's me, bitch. So I'm, I'm gonna go to like Caribou Coffee now and list that as my name when they call my coffee order. Awesome, Hannah. If cats yes. ruled the world, <laughs> if cats ruled the world, would you be cool with that? I would act like I was cool with it because <laughs> they're so perceptive. <laughs> Those fucking whale killers. Right? All right, and this is the final question for everyone on the podcast every time. Dr. Jim, what is happiness? Doing what you're meant to do. Excellent. Bill, what is happiness? Uh, Happiness is that moment right before you fall asleep when you realize you have everything that you need in life. You are perfectly content, and you are not worried, and it's the moment right before your wife moves the pillow a quarter of an inch out from (laughs) underneath you and you realize you will not be falling asleep for two hours. (laughs) Excellent. And Hannah, what is happiness? Oh, uh, it is uh, Netflix and a couch and the one you love on a rainy night. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our podcast. Thank you very much for coming to our Star Trek podcast. To obsessed, Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Obsessed.